Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We need to be able to defend our principles and keep our country safe from those things happening on a wide-scale basis. And I think that's why it's an important thing to defend at all times. And I think we are so, I think so many people grew up, I don't know how they grew up, but they just were taught the wrong things to think that this is a bad country. It's really foreign to me that that's a concept. Let's go. Welcome to Citizen. Uh, very special guest today from GCO Consulting, from a number of organizations, Burbiz, uh, the Army, things like that. Scott Davidson, how's it going, buddy? It's going well. I haven't seen you in a long time. It feels like yeah, it's been smile. it's been a week. <laughs> yeah, about I a guess. week. I miss yeah. you already. <laughs> Good opening day for uh, for you guys. Yeah, you talk about an electric feeling. I mean. Mm. You saw it. it was, the stadium was great. It was the first time, I think, it probably – I don't even remember, Dan, quite honestly, that it was a good feeling in that stadium. Yeah. I mean, we're even talking about the years. But I, I never thought we had good, positive years with Jake Rudin there. Uh, maybe some years with Shanahan have felt the same, but, yeah. like, we, we were a much better it – it was a good day Sunday is all I could say. Except for that third quarter, I don't know what the hell we were doing. We shit the bed. But then they woke up. It was driving me nuts, and then uh, we we got back into it. But goddamn, man, yeah, it's like true Washington style. Like, <laughs> you know, everything goes well, and then all of a sudden, like you just fucking ruined everything for a quarter and a half, and then you're having a heart attack by the end of that that game. But it was good. We look good too. Listen, you yeah. know, there's better than anybody else going into. We're gonna kick the shit out of Detroit, knock on wood, and then going into the Eagles, we should be uh, in pretty good shape. Yeah, it's not the. Uh... So far, at least, not the NFC least, as everybody likes to say. We'll see how it goes. Well, if you're a Dallas fan, man, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. No, Justin Governor, disgusting Justin, as he's affectionately known, is having a really hard time this week. Someone give him a hug if they see him around San Antonio. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so this is, uh, you know, well, I wanted to have you on this show because you fit in with the overarching um, motif, I think, which is, you know, to not just bitch about problems, but be part of a solution to things. Um, <clears throat> you've done it in quite a bit of different, uh, in, in different venues uh, over the last couple of years. And to be honest, the veteran charity space has, in my opinion, just a persistent black eye because there's so many, uh, well, frankly, there's so many shitbags that are involved in veteran charities. I would say that's the majority of people. So, yeah. uh, you know, <clears throat> tell us, uh, tell the audience a little bit about uh, GCO and then talk about some of the charitable stuff you've been doing. 
Well, I, I just want to frame something and, and quantify and qualify your statement mm. about shit bags in the veteran space, especially the nonprofit veteran space. Excuse me. Um, so there's about f- roughly forty something thousand uh, veteran nonprofits registered with the IRS right now. We actually spent. I, I had one of my interns, two of my interns. I'm sorry. Um, spend nearly a year pulling every one of their tax records, business licenses. Literally went down the entire list. Um, and out of the 40 plus thousand, there were only 11,000 that were actually doing business or rated uh, in a sense that were higher on the Charity Navigator and GuideStar. Um, the rest are either defunct and somehow haven't renewed their business license. And like, I don't even know, sometimes even a decade, but they're still listed on the IRS website. Um and just not doing anything for the community. So if, if you want to look at how ridiculous that is from a statement perspective, you know, two thirds, actually put them more than two thirds of the so-called, you know, veteran nonprofits are literally nothing. And they just either they're bad actors or they just got the shit for tax exemption. And, you know, because it was the flavor of the year during the war and uh, they they wrote it out for a while. So just want to want to add to your point there because it yeah. still drives me fucking nuts. Um, that that's what's going on in the space. Uh, so, and so to circle back with GCO, so we're, you know, this is the boring part, but it pays the bills essentially. Uh, we are a risk mitigation uh, contract uh, compliance firm. So basically what that means is um, any, if you're working with the federal government, if you're a government contractor and you get that bad knock on the door from the office inspector general or US attorney's office or anything along those lines, we are the solution that's retained by most council in the city or across the United States for that matter. Um, we're certified fraud examiners, we're forensic accountants, we're um, just very highly trained auditors or invest- corporate investigators where we are, we basically solve the issues uh, of fraud where we can mitigate that risk for clients, right? Whether the government, and I will tell you, it's not always, It's it, listen, do I have clients that are morons? Absolutely. Right. I mean, there's no question about it. They do really dumb shit and we have to fight them and, and, you know, fight for them and just, you know, make it as painless as possible. But there is a lot of government overreach and overzealous auditors out there that I've sat with over the years that have shocked people with the statements and their posturing. And it's not necessary. Right. And they squeeze the fuck out of some of these businesses. um, And there's no, you know, for whatever reason. Um, so that's the GCO part. We can go into that a little bit later about some of the things I've seen, which are insane. But then um, the other side of it is, from a nonprofit standpoint, what I'm really proud of is we operate um, a charity called the Veterans Success Resource Group, and we put on several different events uh, several times a year. Herb is, of course, being our largest um, that we hold. We hold that at least twice a year at the MGM National Harbor here in D.C., and then, of course, in other locations, like we do it at Chacho in Las Vegas, we do it in Tampa, we do it in Atlanta, and we do it in Texas and San Antonio. Um, and the focus of that nonprofit, obviously, that particular event is veteran networking and resources. Um, Justin, Con- the late, great Justin Constantine, who, mm. God rest him, his soul, who just passed away on May 5th, I'm sorry, May 6th, um, from stage four cancer. Um, and people probably familiar with Justin, retired Lieutenant Colonel. He was shot in the head uh, in 2006 when we were in Iraq, uh, right inside of Ramadi. And um, we set out to reduce barriers because both of us were medically retired. Both of us had a very hard time during that transition. 
Um, and we said, if we're having this bad of a time, and I was a captain at the time, he was a lieutenant colonel at the time, think about how crazy that is. We couldn't get shit done, right? And it was just very abrupt, and it was just very difficult. So we always thought about, well, what are the E4s or the E2s doing um, out there? And how are they able to even cope, right? Um, and so we created what is essentially a nonstop, one-stop shop for any resources for veterans and military spouses. So when you come to our event, um, it's mental health, physical fitness, entrepreneurship, it's jobs. Like we have Amazon there that hires on the spot. We have transition assistance as well. Like people help with resumes and coaching and mentorship, like American corporate partners, um, of course. And then it's really all encompassing, right, Dan? Like we're looking for um, every best in class resource, Purple Heart, uh, pause for Purple, purple Hearts, excuse me. Um, yeah, I mean, if you can think about it, we vet those individual charities, all nonprofits and government agencies, and then we bring them in. Um, and so at our last event, we actually had over 80 resource tables there. Um, out of the 80, I think 65 of them were actual resources that were, I'm sorry, 60 of them were resources, like we just talked about, like nonprofits and government agencies. The other remaining were businesses we want, veteran businesses we wanted to showcase, and they're startups, right? We want to make sure they get that because we have, you know, we had over 1,700 people registered for this last event in D.C., um, and it showed, right? We, at one point, you know, we have to move to a bigger venue, but, you know, we see that kind of space so, and we see that, you know, the synergy that's going on there with everybody. So we always want to help out veterans wherever we can. Um, and that's really our core mission uh, from the nonprofit side. We don't charge anybody to go to our events. Um, you know, some tables, if you're not a nonprofit, yes, there is a, a nominal fee for it. But beyond that, you want to show up, I don't charge you because we didn't want that barrier. And we want everyone to kind of be able to get there and actually have that ability because if you serve, and I'm mostly focused on enlisted, right? Because mm. not for nothing, wars are fought in one of the backs of E1s through E5s and 6s, right? It's always going to be that way. So I never, and you see that that's 85% of the country, they do their four years and they get out. And, the, and especially during this, you know, the war and the surge and everything else, what I really wanted was um, I wanted to focus on them for that reason. I don't want them to think their service was forgotten for anything and that they got something, right? Because that's the last we need. We need good ambassadors to say, hey, it's worth serving, right? Especially if you're, you know, you do your four years in your app, that's who's going to tell their buddies and maybe think about someone joining sure. as opposed to like, you know, general officers and command sergeant majors who have every resource out there essentially for them. I'm not saying all of them do, but compared to an E2 or an E3 or E4, I, we need to help out the other ones instead of being so happy that we got a four-star event. I'd rather get a thousand E4s there so they can get something out of that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's <clears throat> the certainly target the right audience, in my opinion. I mean, it's the, the GI bill and the VA backed home loan are largely responsible for creating the middle class in this country um, right. in the late 1940s, early 1950s. And it seems like since then, th those are the people that always slip through the cracks. Right. Um, and I guess maybe that's just, uh, it, it's probably a confluence of things. People like me aren't really, we're not, uh, uh, maybe we're not good at, or maybe we're just not willing to ask for help, even if we need it a lot of the times, or it, it couldn't, it, I, I think some of it does fall on the pride side, but some of it falls on like, I'm capable. I'm going to go do this shit myself, but there are 
to be real, there are some things that you just can't do yourself. Um, and on the side of, uh, all of these like weird ass fees. And I mean, there's so much weird shit going on in the veteran community where, and it's not just the veteran community, but it's like this whole new, like masculinity thing that's going on lately with, you know, (laughs) fitness people and Jordan Peterson and shit like that. And I I don't think, I don't think he's necessarily guilty that I just think it's, he's part of the, he's one of the larger figures in the movement, but there are a lot of bad actors charging people exorbitant amounts of money to based on what they're saying, give them, you know, information or training or, or insight that can drastically improve their lives. Like in my opinion, if you've got, if you have the ability to drastically improve somebody's life and you really believe that and your impetus, uh, for, uh, or I'm sorry, and, and, and you're, uh, the way you execute on that is to charge people a fuckload of money to give it to them. I got a problem with that, I'm not going to lie. Because, one, it isolates all that assistance up at the very top. So the people who genuinely need it probably aren't going to get it, you know. Um, and, two, it's just predatory in general. I, don't, I, I can't get down with that shit. It's a really good point, right? And you're, you're right there. And, that, and that's what we avoided charging people for because we never – that was what we, we do. We actually had thrown out. We've had to really close people down over the years and get rid of them out of organization because we recognize very quickly that's what they were about, right? Um, we see it a lot, obviously, in the social media space because, you know, uh, I see that more than ever. And by the way, I mean, everybody who thinks social media is real, Twitter's real, you know, you fucking get whatever you deserve, essentially, right? Because if you believe what goes on there and you think because somebody has 10,000 or 50,000 followers that they're important in the world, they're not right and like you said actions before words right um so yeah i mean so when you see those types of things and that's the problem right i think people get these that dopamine hit when they look at somebody who likes their thing and said oh my god this guy's got fifty thousand dollars and he's going to make me only pay five hundred dollars for a 30 minute session online that he probably pre-recorded for like a hundred you know all the other people it's not real like and, and you have to recognize that and you got to get through that particular part because the one thing I've always noticed, and even to tell your listeners too, because this has been the greatest part of, I would say, of where I got today. And I never, listen, I'm, I was a fucking big dumb dumb like everybody else, right? I joined the army. I never thought I'd be where I am today. But the reality was the biggest change I think was um, the self-service principle, mm-hmm. right? I have gotten more from a networking and professional uh, growth and development experience than my volunteer experience than anything else. Um, I it's opened more doors. It's opened up a lot of my doors with the professional sports teams I work with. And that's where I made my inroads, right? Like all my inroads came from working and just giving up all like time and time again, just volunteering, right? For causes that I really gave a shit about. And just, you know, putting in that elbow grease and then watching what happens. Because listen, you I think it's great if you do a one and you're done. But if you are committed to something, you got to go do it. Like I always laugh at people right now. Like you look at the phone, right? Everyone looks at the phone and there's this thing. If you push all the way over, I know it's on an iPhone. If it's not the same on everybody else's phone, I apologize. But there's the productivity thing, right? That, that talks about very specifically how many hours you're working, right? If you actually looked at this and what you do on a daily basis, right? It's astounding to most people when I play that game. I go, all right, let me see it. Let me see what you're doing. Because they're like, oh, I can't get ahead. Or I want to know how I can do that. And I get that all the time, especially when they see me like with pictures and shit, like with some of the stuff that we do. I'm like, how could we do that? I'm like, let me see your phone. And when I see your shit where I see social media, like seven, eight hours a day, mm. right? 
unless you have something that's amazing and it's generating income, like some of our friends we know absolutely monetize it, mm -hmm. but they're few and far between. You're full of shit, right? You're telling me if you're doing eight hours on social fucking media, and I know you ain't sitting on the toilet that long, right? So if you're doing eight hours of social media, you can't give an hour and a half of your time to some cause at least once a week yeah. that makes a difference in everybody's life. That's what's going to open doors for you because the people that matter, not these social media morons, but the people that matter and actually hold the power of this country and we're in a local organization, they're going to see you there. When you're there time and time again, you'll develop that relationship. When you talk to them, because they see a million people once in their life for 15 seconds, they'll take that picture, but they'll forget. But if they keep seeing you showing up, not through social media, but in person, you will see the difference. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, it's hard if you're a, uh, if you think about people who are in, you know, <clears throat> positions to really affect change, somebody with a great idea, somebody with a lot of money, somebody with uh, sure. some kind of power, whatever it is, um, from their, even from their perspective, like it, it may seem snobbish or whatever, but from their perspective, it's hard to know who's good. You know, it's hard to know who's committed. It's hard to know who's there for the right reasons. And it's hard to know who isn't. And, you know, if you're in one of those positions, chances are you've been burned quite a bit by people yeah. who are just trying to take advantage of it. Um, but, and, and, and I'll, I'll tell you this from my perspective, somebody that had to vet all the charitable requests that came through black rifle for a couple of years, you can imagine what that looked like. Um, I can't even imagine. I don't envy you. No, it's, but, but, you know, <clears throat> you stop listening to what people say and you start paying attention to what they do. Right. So the, the idea that they see you at a, at, at the same kind of themed charitable function, or may, maybe it's, you know, towards the same end, like helping veterans or, or homelessness, whatever it is, whatever you're into. Um, yeah, it definitely is going to make you stand out. And it's not like that. It isn't a bad thing to accomplish that goal. Like you're still doing the work, you're still helping. And right. it's not, and it's, and it's not a bad thing to expect that your participation and persistence towards that is going to elevate you in their mind a little bit. It should. That this is how we get to know one another. It's how we vet one another, right? And learn to trust each sure. other. So, you know, I can I can hear the cynic thinking, uh, well, you're just doing it for the for the credibility. Like, no, I'm do, I'm doing it because I want to be credible, but I'm not doing it just for the credibility, right? I'm I'm also helping these people out. This episode of Citizen is brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee. Get twenty percent off your first order with the code Citizen. You should be able to spell that. You guys are smart. Join the Black Rifle Coffee Club and get fresh roasted freedom delivered straight to your door. Black Rifle Coffee is a veteran-owned and operated company and supports America's military, law enforcement, and first responders. Get premium coffee delivered every month. Choose your favorite roast, your rounds, the delivery schedule you like. Uh, members get free shipping and access to exclusive partner discounts as well. You'll see that on the membership page. I, the last time I checked, there was like 80 different partner discounts on there incredible uh, amount of them and you get 20 percent off your first order using the code citizen remember you're going to get free shipping and all that stuff as well once you sign up for the coffee club it is by far their best deal now if you need onesies twosies a bag here a bag there a t-shirt a hat or whatever obviously you know still use the code uh, but only on your first order but to get the maximum value out of the deal i highly recommend I highly recommend the Black Rifle Coffee Club. As a matter of fact, I recommend going to the ECS, the exclusive coffee subscription, because you're going to get small batch uh, uh, micro lot coffees, 
ex- extremely high quality, you know, Panamanian geishas, uh, uh, Ethiopians, uh, all kinds of stuff. So look into that. Make sure you use the code citizen when you get there. Next up, GhostBed. We all know GhostBed. Right now, GhostBed is continuing to offer their 40% off GhostBed bundle where you get a mattress and an adjustable base. And then everything else you add to that order will also be 40% off. And it also works with the zero down, 0% financing plan that will last now up to 60 months. You can buy a mattress for like, you can get this whole bedroom suite for like 35 bucks a month and pay for it over the course of five years. It's an incredible deal. For everything else, if you just need onesie, twosie things, like, like we said with Black Rifle, 30% off if you could use the code Drinking Bros at ghostbed.com forward slash Drinking Bros. Either way, if you need sheets, pillows, mattress protector, uh, mattress pad, weighted blanket, any of that stuff, or if you need the mattress or the base itself, you're going to get 30% off. You buy those two together, you get 40% off, including everything else. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash Drinking Bros. Next up, BetterHelp. Um, This is one we've been talking about a lot lately. It is currently Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. So here's a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. You know, we've all had these moments in our life where things seem too large for us. You know, the problems seem too large. And it's only because you're trying to hold on to all of them yourself. Sometimes the weight's too heavy and you need some help. It can be tough to train your brain just to stay in that problem-solving mode all the time when you're faced with a challenge in life, but it helps to have help. When you can learn to find your own solution, there's no better feeling. The only way you get there is by talking to people who know what they're talking about who can teach you to become a better problem-solver in your own life, right? And also how to unload some of that weight. Um, Look, we've all, you know, had these issues, uh, for myself, it was, you know, so much stuff is wrong in the world that am I really going to be able to make the kind of impact in life and build the kind of life for myself and my family that I want? We feel these, you know, doubts about stuff like that. But that's natural, man. That's just how it works. And just like uh, a trainer is going to teach you how to perform better in the gym, just like a dietitian is going to tell you how to eat better, a therapist, a therapist from BetterHelp will teach you how to better manage those day-to-day doubts, the stress, all that stuff. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is your best option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. You get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey, and you can switch therapists at any time if you're not satisfied with their performance. You also can do video uh, or audio if you don't want to be on video. Uh, it's all telemedicine. You don't have to go anywhere or do anything. All you have to do is go to betterhelp.com slash citizen. So when you want to be a better problem solver, when you want to be more in charge of your own life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash citizen today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash citizen. Yeah, listen, if you truly care like especially with the, the theme of your, your podcast like if you really want to be just a good citizen there shouldn't be a quid pro quo for volunteerism right mm. that shouldn't be actually there should be there should be the fact that you feel good for helping fucking people out if you go and volunteer for something right because maybe you made a difference in one person's life you're not going to be the person who changes the world one day right i get everybody wants that cloud i guess but that's not the case of why you're volunteering mm. you're going to help 
And so if you do help one person, that's great, right? That's what you should be. That's your quid pro quo. Don't chase, do it for, for clout. That's ridiculous. And I, and you're right. People get that idea. But there's good that comes out of your character from volunteering like that over and over again and helping. And that's why I said, if you actually go and, and even volunteering could be donating blood for Christ's sake mm -hmm. every six weeks, right? Like that makes you a good citizen. So those are the things you have to do, right? And you can work it into your schedule. I know you got a crazy schedule. I have a fucking crazy schedule too. I always get my blood donations in every six weeks, right? Just because there was somebody when, you know, when, when, when Justin was going through his cancer battle and it was really rough, he needed blood. And people don't realize in that, and it was an emergency thing too. It wasn't like, oh, you know, we're just going to do a blood transfusion, but like his O2 levels dropped so bad and that he was in bad spot, but he needed that blood, right? So it does make a difference because you're never going to know who's going to need that blood that day. And it could be you or a family member for Christ's right. sake or someone you really care about. But that's just one small example of what that looks like in that time of volunteering where you can get that. But I, I agree with you. It's not about the cloud. It, it, it does help your credibility, but it opens doors for a lot of reasons because it should show maybe you have good character. And instead of, like you said, trying to vet these people who are just outright scumbags looking for a handout and looking for the clout to pull it off. And then, yeah. And like you said, you learn very quickly. That was a good point. Like we, I, you know, we learn very quickly now because you can kind of see the pattern and the rhythm of somebody mm. who's out to no good. And now there's some people that are sophisticated as fuck. I'll tell you that right now. We have means of determining that, for, you know, in a, a little bit faster than we used to. But God damn, Dan, like it's really, um, people just have to be aware, right? Just yeah. don't think that there's always good intentions. And I think that's the biggest take home from that is that, not every veteran's a good person. Not every obviously person's a good person. Um, just because you serve doesn't mean you're a fucking rock star and everything's great. Um, and I know we both know a bunch of big pieces of shit that serve, right? And they're just after the fact if they're just terrible people. But it's your actions after the fact. Use the platform. If you need to use that veteran car to get in the door, that's great. But do something with it. Help you. Well, under, understand that if you're using <clears throat> if you're using that veteran card or any other card frankly, but uh, I think especially that one, um, you're trading on the honor that it represents, right? Mm -hmm. and, and you're if you are indeed a veteran, particularly a combat veteran, uh, you deserve to trade on that honor. But what you can't do, what you don't deserve to do is to uh, dishonor it for everybody else. You know what I mean? That, that right. is completely unacceptable. <laughs> but we see it in every day and that's what that bothers me. But again, like you said, like uh, there was that recent case that we know uh, that Rich High had uh, angry cops. Excuse yep. me, has uh, you know, uh, you know, brought to light alone Hunter Seven. I was actually a part of that. I had given Hunter Seven a couple thousand dollars with the woman who was lying about cancer, the Marine, who said she was a Purple Heart recipient, Bronze Star Valor, like blown up in an IED. I mean, now she's going to prison, right? Um, I think that's what the last thing was that they finally she was found guilty, whatever it was. But it was just elaborate. Mm. Ridiculous hoax that was going on where she was actually the commander of the VFW post for Christ's sake, and she's never served. Like it was out of control. Um, but she got away with that for so long. So that's why you have to be, but again, once you people like you serve, when we looked at her uniform, we're like, well, there's something wrong, right? And we would have known that story too within the space, but it unraveled once, you know, we 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 kind of started to dig and people were questioning it. But like even I, even to this point, I still get taken once in a while. We got our money back, which was was fine. But it's it's the point of we wanted to help. But yeah, people, just just be wary. Check your ref check the resources and references of individuals. 
That's the only thing social media is good for. You post something, there's guaranteed there's someone that was in that person's unit somewhere oh, yeah. who can clearly come up and say, well, that person's full of shit. They were never there. You know what I mean? Or that person didn't do any of that shit. And like, you'll be able to get that circulated pretty quickly. So I'd say that, you know, that's what's the good thing about social media. But the bad thing is that we have all these dummies now that, that have access to our lives and that we unfortunately bump up and interact with once in a while. And it just could go sour pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, uh, man, I, I think this is an issue that, that we need to deal with in a couple and in, in two specific ways. One is, and this, this to me is the most important is to make sure that we don't let <clears throat> our skepticism turn to nihilism. You know what I mean? Right. Um, to mm-hmm. turn to, to allow, we should not allow ourselves to become cynical about things. Like you're going to get burned from time to time. You can't let that stop you from, uh, helping people, you know, it's correct to doubt things that don't make sense. And I think it's even correct to be skeptical of things that seem true, especially if it's something that you, if it's a personal belief that you hold, I think it's especially important that you be skeptical of it because otherwise you're kind of in a, you know, an echo chamber, but cynicism is poison, you know, being becoming cynical, you'll never, you'll, you'll just be bitching on the internet for the rest of your life. And it'll immediately, and permanently corrupt everything you touch. You know what I mean? Any kind of good you ever try to do. So let's, right. that, that kind of leads into uh, one of the principles you chose. Uh, it, actually, it kind of refers to two of them, but we'll start with, uh, I'll do something every day to help my country, my countrymen, all men. Um, what is that? Why did that jump off the page to you out of the list of principles? I'm sorry, repeat that last thing, Dave. Dan? Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah. But why did the principal jump off the page? You, I'll do something every day to help my country, my countrymen, or all men. So, why? Because why, I, listen, I've been, the reason why I, well, Muhammad Ali would say it, like the service that we render to others is our rent we pay out of it, right? Something, I probably messed that up, but that was his quote, right? And I think it's been used over a bunch of times, but I remember Ali had said that. Um, I, 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 I believe in it because when I was having a hard time, I had people step up that didn't need to, right, and help me out. Um, and for me in particular, I thought that was why that stood out, where if we're going to have a stronger society, right, and we want to be good people and our surroundings are good people, it's amazing, like I said, what you, you get from those things. So when I even had a hard time years ago, you know what I mean, Um Others people volunteering to help me out made that difference. Even if it was in a one small moment, it made a difference and it got me thinking, okay, this is what I need to do and I need that kind of help. And it's it's important to redo it for other people. So yeah. that's why it stood out is because it goes a long way. It's almost like uh it's it's almost like the way you think about things too. So you um <clears throat> you trip and almost fall, but there's a rail there and you grab onto it. And we think, fuck, I almost tripped instead of, wow, I'm glad that rail was there. You know what I mean? Right. And it puts you, I think, I think thinking about it in that, in the second way, the next logical step, uh, uh, intellectually is to be like, okay, cool. That rail's there for a fucking reason. This is the, so this is the social contract. Like we, we are, we are a community and that rail is a physical object right now, but it's going to be a person and them helping us or some group and them helping me at some point. And if I want that to exist for myself and my family and the people I care about, 
uh, I need to contribute to it. I need to be a rail for somebody else. I need to be something for them to grab onto when they need it. The other thing is, and, and, and that's a good point. The other thing I, I do, I do a lot of work with, uh, with, uh, with kids, right. With, with children organizations, right. Whether it's with the commanders or with, with coach Joe Gibbs and mm. his youth for tomorrow uh, foundation and youth for tomorrow is very important because this is, this is eye opening. So they, they actually have a, um, Joe Gibbs has been doing this since the eighties mm-hmm. and, um, he has a campus that's south of here, a place called Bristol, Virginia. And it takes out-risk youth kids up to the age of 18. They, have, they hold about 180. It's a beautiful campus. It's got housing in the yards. But when you go in there, you get to meet the kids, right? I'm talking they're the most horribly abused kids you can imagine. Like, the stories are beyond heartbreaking. But then they find this place where they're actually safe, right? Where And, and it, it, you see them thrive from when they come into where they are now. And like you would be, it'd be, it's like, it's incredible to hear, I mean, the stories. Some kids were on the street drug dealers, some were terribly abused, you know, all kinds of things like that. And then you see them with their hopes and dreams of what they think they can do when they're getting ready to leave the program. It's amazing. And some of them have been in that program since they were four or five years old, right? Mm-hmm. And they lived through that entire thing. The reason I say that is that it's not, not only important for you to expect that kind of thing back where you give that, but when you volunteer for things like that, you get to see and, you know, you get these kids where they finally feel safe again, right? And they feel like they can grow. Those kids are going to make a difference in the world eventually, right? Like they're, they're kids, they're moving through that. It's important to do that. So, and I, and I go back to this with helping fellow man, right? And you know this too. One of the reasons why I joined the military, but I mean, and again, I was pre 9-11 when I joined was, but always had an instinct to be able to protect, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what it is. And it's there. And you see it now. I'm talking protect as far as the defenseless ones, right? Um, and kids, like anything with kids drives me fucking like insane, right? Like we always have this conversation where, I mean, if you're that much of a scumbag and you're going to do things like that, yeah, you need to be killed. Like there's yeah. no question, right? I'm not, there, there's no debate. But what I'm saying is it's the other side of that. Yeah, we can kill this stupid, disgusting human being, but the kid is still there, right? And that child still needs and should have. It doesn't matter if it's a big or small world. It should have the ability to have that childhood where there's still some innocence, even if it was robbed from them for a little bit in perspective, but still have those eye-widening moments for them that you can give through volunteering, right? And it doesn't cost you any money. And so that's where I chose that principle is that I'm not just thinking about from veterans. I'm thinking about everything, right? I'm thinking about the ones that will make a difference and maybe they serve one day, right? Or maybe they do other things, but that's what I think is important. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because, um, you know, I think those kids are some of the most important people in our society, aside from it just being the moral and ethical thing to do <clears throat> to, uh, to take care of and, and when necessary, rehabilitate them. Um, they are legit. Some of the most important people in, in all of society. I'm sure you're familiar with this, but for the audience, a very large portion of our special operator community come from broken and abusive homes. It is a, I, I, I don't, I'm not sure if I could really put my finger on it. I would, I would love to, you know, do some, interviews and some psychoanalysis on some of this stuff, uh, just to, you know, to see what the data says. But my instinct tells me that these are people who were, uh, you know, during, during the difficult period, some folks, you know, some, some folks clam up, you know, 
-hmm. some folks run away and some folks say, fuck you. And, um, the people that say, fuck you, I'm reminded of, you know, not, I'm not religious or anything, but I'm reminded of the story in the Bible, Gideon building an army and the 300 soldiers that drank water with their head up looking over the horizon. And that's the people they took into battle. Um, that's who they remind me of. You know what I mean? It's like these, right. these people who can go through great periods of emotional stress and physical abuse and things like that, especially at an early age and come out on top. We, for, for some reason, society, we see them as broken. You know I mean? We, we've kind of shifted to think of them as a victim somehow, but that's the hardest motherfucker out there, to be honest. Um, and I'm not, you know, I, I came from a situation like that and I feel extremely comfortable and confident navigating my way through pretty much any situation. Now I don't get rattled by shit anymore. So I, that, that's why I think that's what it is. But we, we, beside all that, besides all that, the fact that they are resilient and capable of quite a bit of stuff, they still need help. Right. Yeah. Like nobody does any of this shit alone, regardless of how you could have a perfect childhood. You still didn't do any of that stuff alone. So uh, I think it's, particularly important for us to not just look after those kids, but put them on the right path. Right. So, so they can be useful to society because that's where they're going to get the most fulfillment out of life too. Yeah. I mean that, and that, and you're hundred percent right. And again, I think you and I have similar situations in, in sense growing up. Yep. Uh, I, you know, I came from a, just a bad situation. One of the, and I'll bring my part of it. Right. So from that piece, I can just tell you from personal experience, like I used to joke around after the fact, like when I joined the army, right? Was hey, I never had a dad. Well, I did. He was, you know, giant piece of shit. But um, I never had a dad. But I had an uncle Sam, right? Mm. And I think one of the things that drew me into it was I really, and that was missing in my life, right? And, that, and I can tell you that was not just the structure, but the camaraderie. I didn't have that feeling of family until that point, right? And I always was seeking it prior to. Right. Because I would get my ass in trouble and do really dumb shit as a teenager. And like it was just those things. Right. Because there was nothing there. To, there was no boundaries. It, it's not my mother's fault. Right. She 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 had to do what she could try to do just to survive. I get it. Right. You know, working two jobs and all that kind of shit. Never home. Um, but like beyond all that. Um, yeah. No, that's the way I look at it, too, from the military perspective. And I, you know, I guess from guys that go into special operations and things like that, I think they're seeking that as well, potentially, right? Because they see, oh, well, now I made it through here. Now I can really be a part of the best of the best. And I think it just it fulfills something that was taken from us from a young age um, that we always sought. You know what I mean? And you know how this is, too. There's there's safety. We feel that security when we're sitting around with our guys that we serve with. And we know we're OK at that moment, right? Mm. Um, just because we ate the worst shit in the world with some of these folks. And um, you come out knowing that it's it, you missed that from having that type of childhood where you never had that. Nobody really had your back. And that's what I think too, even if you had a perfect childhood, they still kids still need to know they need that reinforcement, right? They need to know that there's somebody out there that fucking cares and that can help them because the parents are that it's important to have a, a nuclear family, right? You always have to have that regardless of what some of these morons are saying on social media and they've been spouting off for years. It's garbage. Every study shows that in absence of a single one of the single parents in their lives, there are terrible negative effects to that mm. kid and the way it comes out. So don't think, you know, again, social media is the morons, right? 
they got their degree in, 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 in Instagram. That's great. It doesn't mean a thing for the real world, right? You know, uh, so the PhD in Google and all that stuff is garbage. And let them yell about it, right? Because it doesn't matter. Because like you said, what, what matters is we put our heads down and we make that difference. Boys and Girls Club of America have been supporting them for years, too. Same thing. That is a great organization. And they have the military youth of the year because those kids go through hell on top of everything else with mom or dad getting deployed all the time, especially during the bad years in the last 20 years, right? Um, so always look for that. I, I agree with you 100%. I think it's important to look at it from the youth perspective, which is you know why I'm drawn from that, because that is our future. And I think, and just like you did, there's pride among all of us, right? Mm. We all went, we answered the call, we fought for this country. The last thing I want to see is go to shit, right? And the only thing that's going to matter is the next generation, not these morons yelling about shit on the phone, about the good kids that are out there who are, you know what I mean, who aren't stuck doing videos like that that are trying to make a difference in the world. So that's the ones we have to nurture and grow um, if the other ones are too far gone to even help with that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, you know, <sighs> man, a, a, la a lack of, um, purpose and hope is what it is with these young kids. It's, it's, it's nihilism and young men manifest <clears throat> in the worst possible ways. Uh, gang violence, suicide, mass shootings, terrorism. If you're in the middle East, it's the same. It, 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 they are symptoms of the same disease, young male aggression without purpose or hope. That's what it is. Yeah. Like, it, mm -hmm. it, and it's all of our job. It's society's job, your job to give them purpose and hope. And it's why uh, the other one of the other principles you chose, I'll not allow those less fortunate or incapable of defending themselves to be harmed or taken advantage of in my country. So this is there, there's two things going on here. One is that these are kids and we need to put them on the right track and make sure they're taken care of. And two is that they are the ones that are going to be taking care of our society later on, like you said, like that's the future. So go back to cynicism. <clears throat> you think things are hopeless or how can I help or. The system's too fucked up. I can't do anything. You know, it is incumbent upon you more than most people. You know, pe people that are listening to this who have gone out of their way to seek out ways to help their community. It's incumbent upon you more than most to fight the urge to roll your eyes and throw your hands up in disgust and frustration. It, it's right. people are fucking counting on you. Like we are That's all, right. we're all counting on you, not just now, but into the future. And you can't allow the poor behavior of bad, one bad person or a group of people or even all people from time to time to uh, poison our future. Because if we allow that to happen, then it's just going to, this stuff is going to keep going. We're, not only are you personally going to suffer because you don't have any hope or purpose in your life and you don't believe anything, but anyone who stands to benefit from your contribution to society, including society it, itself at large, will suffer as well. You know what I mean? Like it, that is yeah. unacceptable. If you allow, if you allow this possibility, the possibility of people disappointing you or failing or, you know, whatever the case is, uh, eliminate any chance of you operating in good faith where, you know, the expected outcome is that your help is both essential, like necessary and beneficial to people. Then you eliminate the possibility of ever helping anyone in your life. And you just, uh, you're a fucking leech at that point, in my opinion. Uh, it's, yeah. yeah. No, you're hundred. I mean, again, you're, you're, you hit the nail on the head as you normally do. It's um, we have a responsibility to stand up for those who can't stand up for themselves. I don't care who you are. 
And if you served at any given time, you should still have that, that whether, whether it's inherent in your character or you learned it from the military, wherever you serve. That's, you serve for that reason. You serve in the defense of this nation. And that also means the defense of the people who can't stand up for themselves, right? Our citizens and even the ones of, you know, any foreign citizens that we're there to protect. It doesn't change after you take the uniform off, and it shouldn't. And you still have the means to fight, right? I'm not talking about bringing up a gun and start going crazy. I'm talking about you have the means with your own power to volunteer and make a difference and do all the things that you need to do, especially, and that's the other thing. Stop. Everyone's complaining about shit online and social media. How many people complain about, I can't believe this is happening? How many of you guys are working the polling stations? Like if you care about it, it has voting stuff, right? How many of you out there are actually campaigning for, for candidates you believe in? Now, I personally hate every one of them, but we're we're a part of the stupid the way the construct is with you know politicians that we have to unfortunately pick a side or pick not even pick a side, lesser of two evils, the way I look at it, right? Because right? they're never gonna get it right. A lot of them I don't believe it, but that's the way it is for now until it changes. So, like how many of you out there putting out there for people you align some of your values? Right. Instead of screaming about posting on it, which doesn't do anything, because most of the people posting about it, they ain't in the fucking polling line the day the polls are open. Right. All they're doing is posting shit and wasting time. So you have the ability to effect change, whether it is doing grassroots stuff and just volunteering. But you do have that ability. And I know, like I said, we'll do the, you know, the, the phone challenge. I know you've got time if you're wasting eight hours a day or six hours a day on social media instead of doing other shit. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, <laughs> social media is just like a choose your own adventure reality show. You know what I mean? Right. Which is, I can't think of a worse way to spend your fucking time. Um, this what, what a meaningless, like pointless fucking venture that is. But you know, it, yeah, go ahead. It, yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? And just to remind everybody, it's such a better life outside of that fucking phone. Like there's nothing like, I mean, like you just said, when we started the conversation, Dude, it was such a feeling to sit there and it was electric as fuck to sit there on that that game and just be in that moment and that everyone's screaming and it was just awesome, right? Those are the things you should be out there doing, right? Or just go talk to a girl for Christ's sake. I mean, something. <laughs> just do something that's, you know, yeah. that's normal in your life or, you know, just stop looking at the phone. You know, one of the best things I ever heard someone said was, hey, you know what? I know you spent all that, you know, while you were looking at your phone and liking shit, I laughed you in life twice. Right. So just think about like if people waste that kind of time, that guy's like, he's like, I'm not looking down, man. I'm looking ahead and just beating up everybody else from the competition perspective. Yeah. I know it's important, especially from a marketing perspective, if you're doing certain things. It does help. But there is literally unless your job and you're getting paid to do it is to be on that thing seven, eight hours a day. Forget it. Yeah. Like I, there is no more excuse. Yeah, it sucks, man. I mean, uh, and I'll take it a step further, too. It's it's not enough just to ignore bad shit, but you got to seek out good shit. Uh, Gandhi said, not notably said, the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. Um, <clears throat> very few of the things that you do for yourself over the course of your life are going to be really meaningful to you. It's weird how that works out. Um, it, it's, I happen to think that <clears throat> in uh, upper mammalian brain like conscious people that um selfishness is a maladaptive trait i don't think it works um that you, you may amass uh, uh, a lot of material goods but we see how good that does plenty of um 
As a matter of fact, smarter and wealthier people kill themselves at a greater rate than poor people do, right? So if you think that accomplishing personal shit and making a bunch of money is going to fucking save you from the shit in your head, it isn't. Believe me when I tell you that the most meaningful and lasting joy that you will ever find in your life is in the service of other people. And I, I encourage people not, don't rob yourself of that. It's, sure. it's and, and more importantly, don't rob everyone else of your good faith efforts. Cause the truth is, and this is one of the most important realities of existence. So far as I'm concerned, uh, you can't control the outcome in life. All you can control is your attitude and your effort. And sometimes you're going to get fucked with. Sometimes you're going to get burned. Um, sometimes shit's going to suck and you're going to want to go into your hole and whine about it or, or tune out from life. But that, <clears throat> that never works. It'll never work for anybody. Um, and I think the other thing, you know, to pivot from that, that's super important is to make sure that we're finding ways to balance all of that empathy with actual accountability, which is, you, you know, it's, uh, it is, it is extremely uncomfortable for people to watch other people struggle. I really believe that. That's why we come up with excuses, blame them for their struggle or whatever. And unfortunately the pendulum has swung too far in the other direction on this because, um, now it's a matter of like society is to blame for all of your personal problems. You know what I mean? And, and to, right. to, to some degree that's true. Like if we, if we, we have a, a largely defathered young male population and we fuck them over big time. Like the oh, yeah. Gen Z kids that are coming of age right now, they have no idea how to go through life. They, they don't know how to be men. They have no idea what's going on, but you know, the information's out there, right? Like if, if giving up is not part of the American spirit, I would say. And part of that accountability, a big part in my opinion. And I, and I think the guiding principle what should be the guiding principle for all uh, people in the United States is the other principle you chose, which is all support and defend liberty against all enemies, foreign and domestic. That is the, that's true North. Liberty is true North, right? Liberty of the human spirit, even not just physical liberty, but liberty to think and feel how you want. I mean, yeah, it's absolutely. And that's why I chose that. Right. And I, I agree with what you stated. Here, here's why. And you, and you know this, and I think, a lot of us who served overseas know this too. And like, and I think that's one of the issues is like, we've seen what it looks like when there's no liberty, right? We've walked into those unfortunate locations in a city, you know, where, and I hate to be graphic, but I don't care. Like, you know, let's say it was Al Qaeda in Iraq or somebody along those lines, you know, they took and they were, or foreign fighters and they took out a family and they tied them up, poured gasoline on them and set them on fire. Right. Or they threw their babies against a concrete wall or some shit to mm. make a point, right? Like those are the days that I don't forget. But what I'm saying is, I've seen, we've seen what that oppression is. I know you have, right? And I've seen what that lack of liberty is and living in fear. And that's why, you know, we have to take the good with the bad, right? And they and people are way too comfortable in this country to fucking criticize what's going on. Yes, there are some things 100% that should be criticized and need to be fixed. But the one thing you shouldn't do is forget that there is liberty here and like it's mm. almost absolute in most cases. And you aren't faced with those horrific things on a large scale basis that happen. So that's why I say that is that we will absolutely defend 
you know, that against all enemies, foreign, domestic, because I never want to see what I had to see over there occur in this country. And to date, I don't know if it ever really has on that. I mean, yeah, there's always things here and there that's terrible, but nothing where these guys are operating with fucking impunity and just tearing people out of their homes in the middle of the night and fucking killing families right and left. And not like, not like a little bit, a lot of people. Or forcing you by gunpoint, drugging you, making you go drive a fucking V, uh, you know, a V bed into a convoy. I'm going to murder your family. Like that's what I'm talking about. Those kind of things. The prep, you know, that's what I see is, well, that's what real violence is. Not words or violence, as people say. That's actual fucking violence. Yeah. But like, we need to be able to defend our principles and keep our country safe from those things happening on a wide scale basis. And I think that's why it's an important thing to defend at all times. And I think we are so, I think so many people grew up, I don't know how they grew up, but they just were taught the wrong things to think that this is a bad country. It's fucking really foreign to me that that's a concept may not be perfect. None of us are, I get it. There's problems, but go, I will take your ass in the middle of the fucking Sunni triangle in 2006 and seven and drop you there yeah. and please bitch about all these fucking things you're bitching about today and see how life really is for some people around the world that cannot enjoy the freedoms that we have in this country. Yeah. I mean, it's, <clears throat> I, I, I feel like people have the wrong idea about, about America. Um, you know, it's easy, it's, it's easy to reduce it to geography, you know what I mean? Or, or to our system of government or to a particular political party or political leader or something like that. But yeah, for me, I, I think that's just a, a misunderstanding of what we're doing here. It's, which is not, you know, not for nothing, but the founders were pretty clear about what the fuck we're doing here. Um, the America is, is a, it is the idea that liberty above all else is the most important natural right afforded to human beings and that it must be protected against everybody, whether it's, um, <clears throat> you know, internal or external threats. Uh, and, and it, you know, the reason that we, if you, if you read the Federalist Papers, the reason that we mm -hmm. build these communities um, as large as they are is, is to, protect not just from you know violent threats but from natural disasters from famine from plague you know disease all this stuff and the reason that we instituted federalism is to make sure that one group of those people don't become too powerful and rule over the rest right the states have rights so that's that's the whole point of what we're doing here it's not about how many states we have it's not about who is the fucking president or who's in congress those people are uh their employees, right? Uh, that, that's not who are like, if you ask somebody, what's America, what, what, how do the, how do you going to answer that question? I, I wonder, I would like to hear some man on the street answers like, Oh, it's the 50, 50 uh, States. It's, um, you know, fucking a democracy, which is also not true. You know, it, it, I, I assume you would hear a bunch of asinine, uh, uh, answers to that question. And I think it would probably be really beneficial to people. Uh, and it would be beneficial to our country for people to really understand what what America is. You know what I mean? Like truly at its heart what it is. You can, you can break it down, Dan. It's exactly what you just said. You know what America is? I just, it, it's easier to put it, at least in my mind. America is being able to even ask that question. What mm -hmm. is America? 
right? Having the freedom to just to do that. Whereas you can't do that in some of these other countries, which I don't understand why people don't fucking understand that. Like, I mean, we'll just even use Russia for that matter. I mean, they'll throw your ass out of a fucking window, right? <laughs> in some cases, if you talk against the president or even speak out against any kind of propaganda, that's not Kremlin fucking back, right? North Korea, same way. Um, and that's not even the case in all that. Go to Saudi Arabia and talk against the royal family, see what happens to you, right? Go to Saudi Arabia and talk against anything that's against their beliefs. I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to have a bad fucking day if you even make it out of there, right? Yeah. And they will whoop your ass from pillar to post up and down that street with their rod and everything else until they get what they want. And then they're going to beat your ass in the police station for the next 24 hours. So that's what I mean. I guess what is America? America is great because we have the ability to ex just ask that question, have the freedom to do so, which is true liberty to speak our minds, whether how ridiculous and stupid our fucking thoughts are, right? But we still have that right to do so, right? Um, and I think that's what's important to people because once you take that away, freedom of choice, right? And the liberty to have that type of choice, it's all downhill from there. Like you're fucked, like there's nothing left. And you can go and see exactly what that looks like. Fuck. Canada's like that now. I never thought I'd ever thought, you know, ever came to my mind. But watching how they behave during, not they, but that fucking moron up there. Um, Trudeau, yeah, you know, a cunt. Yeah, Trudeau, that guy who's fucking Fidel Castro's fucking devil spawn, um, right? And I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, but goddamn, that picture looks different. And that fucking timing is really suspect with yeah. the wife, the mom and shit. I don't know. But I'm sure Fidel threw it in her. But anyway, um, the reality is that, you know, I watched how they reacted and how he behaved and even some of these idiots up there in Parliament um, during this thing. And I was just baffled by the behavior. Right. And they're they're not they don't have the freedom to do a lot there. People thought they did. Right. I guess for some reason, because they were our neighbors to the north. And that I think people thought everything was great, but fuck, man, if you didn't learn real quick what's wrong, besides all the shit that happened in this country, right? I mean, how ridiculous it was and what people were doing. I mean, Canada is not that far away. You saw what they did to people, and they saw how they reached the bank accounts, and they drained people's shit, and they locked you up, and they destroyed your lives, um, all for the freedom to protest. And, and you know, it's just freedom of assembly, right? <laughs> and they, that thing was gone in a second. And then they rough-handed you, too. So, yeah. I just, yeah, I think about it that way, that, yeah, it, having the freedom to do all that, it's really, everywhere else is not us. In fact, I mean, Australia is even the worst fucking thing. You never realized what they were until this whole thing went down. Yeah. I was actually surprised, too, how much of a dictator fucking Australia, you know, dictatorship Australia was, um, especially lock, literally locking people in camps on mm -hmm. the most ridiculous thing in the world. So anyway, yeah, I, I think that's why I chose that particular item is that I never want to be like any of those other countries. Um, I don't care if they're nice to visit. I don't fucking care about visiting them. I've already been there and I don't have any interest in going back to this whole last time around. Um, it's too bad because, you know, Vancouver has some pretty good spots instead of Toronto. But you know what? I can find those here in the United States because and I'd rather do that and enjoy it here than go anywhere else. But yeah. I think that's what it comes down to from the liberty perspective. For sure, yeah. And it's, you know, um, it's easy to just blame the government or uh, bad actors within the government for the erosion of liberty and shit like that. Um, and there, there's, some, there's certainly some truth to it, right? There's definitely bad actors that are trying to erode your liberty. Uh, we, we have a, a, a steadily, increasingly 
a steady increasingly uh, nanny state in, in the United States. It's patricians who think they're smarter and better than you and you should do it. It's just feudalism all over again. It's really what it is. But um, I think the interesting thing here, um, and I also believe it to be good news, but I'll, I'll, I'll say it first. Um, you don't need an, impress, an oppressive government for liberty to go away. When enough people... When enough regular people refuse to defend each other's right to liberty, especially when they hold a different opinion, then liberty simply evaporates, right? Because now different elements within the government are playing uh, your side or the other side off of one another. It's this whole shit that's been going on for 40 years in this country where <clears throat> the word liberal is a bad word now, the word conservative is a bad word now, and the enemy is no longer external threats or famine or plague or... Uh, uh, you know, economic issues, the enemy is your neighbor, right? That, that is, this is how we lose this fight is by yeah. not, is by not recognizing that, which is interesting because that's what this whole thing was about is community in the first place. So it's kind of fucking stupid, to be honest. But the good news is that, as I said before, you can control your attitude and your effort. And this is nothing more than an attitude and effort problem, right? Like there's, there's 330 million people, 500 assholes in DC can't tell us what to do. That's, that's, exactly. that's a fucking fact, right? So mm -hmm. the more people, right, when a critical mass of people um, refuse to be baited into this hateful bullshit and protect people's right to liberty, to personal entrepreneurship, to expression, to not being gouged by governments, not being overregulated by governments. When enough, when a critical mass of people do that, then the government doesn't have any real power anymore. They only have power because we fucking allow them to. So that's the challenge, right? The challenge is to, instead of just bitching about the government and throwing your hands up in the air, is to be part yeah. of the fucking solution. Make sure you're right. out there defending other people's right to fucking liberty. That's right. Listen, the, the analogy to that, too, is we saw it all in 2007, what happened to this country. And people, that wasn't that far or long ago. You know, what we saw there was exactly your principle. But we used it with banks, right? Mm -hmm. If you owe the bank, if everybody owes the bank a little bit of money, the banks own you. But if you owe, if everybody owes the banks a lot of money, you owe them, mm -hmm. right? And we saw what happened when a lot of people owed the banks a lot of money and said, fuck it, we're not paying our mortgage anymore, right? And the country imploded. And the banks had nowhere to go, but who bailed them out? The government, because they were fucked, right? They had nothing to do. So that's, if you want to look at what the, I mean, it's not a good thing. It was a negative power. But if you want to see what negative, what, what the power of the people can do, destroy it, actually a global economy mm. uh, in a short period of time, right? And they did it all together because they all collectively said whether they couldn't afford it anymore, they took on these stupid adjustable adjustable. Uh, rate mortgages or they lost their job, whatever it is. They said, fuck it. We can't pay it. We're out. We're sorry. Right. And then you saw the world economic collapse. And I forgot what was a staggering number. I think it was a trillion dollars was lost or something like that. But that was that's your principle right there from a collective perspective. Look at it from the other perspective, too. And we know this from a military perspective. Listen, I don't care who you are. You might think that like we have 330 million people in this country and our standing armies are what, 1.5 million. Mm. I don't give a shit what you are. You ain't going to win again. You cannot control that type of population with 1.5 million people. It's impossible to do. 
We had our hands full in Iraq, which is roughly the size of California, but not even remotely as densely populated and sporadic from fucking cities. And we had our best of our best with combined joint forces there. And we still didn't control most of that space. And there was, you know, if you think about that, so if we can't handle with what is considered a joint asset like type of military, you couldn't control Iraq. You can keep talking shit all you want. Like, the, like I think the president said something the other day about having, you know, you don't need a weapon. Uh-uh, bro. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. If they, if there was, what's the max fighters that were there? 10,000 fighters at one point from yeah. Al-Qaeda, whatever the number was. That's it. 10,000. And, and they just knew how to do urban warfare pretty well. So just keep that in mind. Like the principle says, it's just about, and that was 10,000 versus whatever time, how many we had. I forgot what our max asset numbers were at the time, but that should be put everything in perspective that, and, and our country is so big. It's just, yeah. Like, don't think that people should recognize Dan's principles is spot on. When you, when the masses come together and rise up, they can do anything in this country. Yeah. But you can't be controlled by whatever X amount of mm -hmm. idiots that are sitting down, you know, the street from here that I'm looking at right now, you know, that they're doing whatever they're doing. Um, so I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. A little bit, you know, once you guys come collectively together, there's nothing we can't do. Mm. I, yeah. I, I, find myself imagining what might happen if instead of the collective power was wielded to towards a global economic collapse if it was towards a collapse of globalist institutional power you know what i mean what 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 might the world look like if these uh you know globalist patrician assholes lost any authority that they previously had you know i mean i know what happens throughout history is usually they get right. their heads stuck on a fucking spike somewhere but you know, exactly. That it's people feel people feel hopeless, like they can't do anything. You know what I mean? But it's it's simply not true. It, you got to start small, like you said. Even if like it's again volunteering, doing what you can. We saw it here in Virginia, right? Again, this is a perfect example with the, with the governor race that we, we we supported. I had never been into politics until all this shit started happening, right? Never, and I could it, it, none of my none of the things that we ever did. And a lot of my friends, too, never cared about it, didn't care. And all of a sudden, local school board elections mean something, right? Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, all these things mean something because they're poisoning our fucking kids and politicians are now in the school system and not educators. And so we saw, if you don't think you can do anything, look at what the people did in 2021 when we flipped this state to Republican to Glenn Youngkin, who, by the way, is a fantastic uh, governor. He has faults like everybody else, but what he, he's delivering everything so far he's done but for me it was important because my kids are in that school system and they were being poisoned by this fucking stupid ideology stuff that shouldn't have been in a kid's mind right um we should be teaching math and science and things that matter in the world and not social fucking construct and justice shit so to see all these parents and people flip this state by a massive number compared to what happened in 2020. So that's what I'm saying is that, and that was all done by grassroots things, right? There yeah. were a lot of his parents going around doing stuff. So I always like to use that as a recent example of watching people who were never involved before getting involved and like, I mean, really like putting that energy in there. I had people, like I said, that there was a lot of people up and they were out walking and knocking on doors. I never thought that shit still even happened, but they were so fed up with what was going on and we won. So I would say to that, like, don't feel hopeless because there, even if you do it on your own, you're all it takes, and you know this too, Dan, right? All it takes is one person 
to start the movement, right? Yeah. We've seen this too, especially in very stressful and dangerous situations where people are scared out of their fucking mind. But then that one guy or girl stands the fuck up and runs towards it. Everybody else starts to follow. So you be that person is what I'm saying. If you feel hopeless, just be that change, right? Because it's amazing when you stand up for shit as an individual, what that change can be even within a small group. And then it kind of becomes infectious, right? And that's how we see the difference between people. Yeah, it's the, you know, the inverse of the bystander effect. Um, the more people that are there standing with their hands in their pockets, the less likely somebody is to help until somebody finally does help. And then everybody does. I mean, it's, that's why the infantry motto is follow me. That's right. Um, <clears throat> and I, and I'll, you know, I'll close it out by saying the silent majority simply cannot stay silent any longer. Um, and I think right. that is what Jefferson meant when he said the tree of Liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of Patriots and tyrants. I, I don't believe that he meant that we need to be in a fucking armed revolution every fucking 15 to 25 years. Of course not. That would be completely unstable. But uh, what he did, I think what he meant was blood, sweat and tears like your effort must be put back towards the community from time to time to ensure it doesn't fall apart, which is, you know, what we're in the middle of right now. But again, I'll, I'll, I'll remind you that the good news is that you have the power to change all this. Um, I appreciate you coming today. Is there anything else you'd like to share with these uh, guys before we get out of here? No, uh, nothing. Just, you know, thank you. I love your platform, what you're doing here. I think this is great. You know, I've known you for a while now, Dan, and it's, you know, I think if anybody's going to be the catalyst for change, it's going to be you. And so whatever you need, we'll always support you because we love your ideas. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming today. Uh, appreciate you guys for listening. Go check out Burbiz. Go check out uh, Veteran Success Group. You can find them all over the uh, all over the social media. Um, and thank you for watching. This has been Citizen. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.